Love Talk Radio. Yeah, baby, I do. Uh-huh. I'm coming. Radio Talk Show and Eastern Airlines Radio Show are on the air with another episode of Airline Talk News and History, and we call it the Airline Radio Hour. We like to bring you stories from here and there, from one airline to another, live live conversation. My name is Neil Holland, a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show, and if you're listening in on our show's website, which is blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, that's C-A-P-T, abbreviation of Captain, C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, that's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, and you'd like to call in and talk with our guests, our host, or just to add your memories, then why not call us now? Pick up the phone and call us now. That smartphone is good. I think uh, we don't pay long-distance calls anymore. It doesn't seem like, so it's free. Uh, It's area code 213-816-1611. That's 213-816-1611. I'll see your number on the show's callers board and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us. You know, folks, I normally will make a post some note with the time and day of important broadcast I want to hear. I then put the note near or on my monitor so I don't forget to tune in or call. Uh, so why not make a note uh, of the call in number and put it somewhere handy so you can see it about this time Saturday at 1 o'clock. 213-816-1611. And we also like to brag about our radio station and the fact that we're heard around the world. And the reason for that is because we have a very, very high antenna of 22,000 miles above the Earth. So we can pick up, like we did last week, uh, Uzbekistan, Puerto Rico, and Croatia among the 50 
uh, countries around the world that we have identified that uh, listen to our show regularly. And let me repeat the number again, so you'll copy it down and you'll uh, tune us in. 8, uh, 213-816-1611. Why don't you call us now? Now, let's see. I think my caller's board already has three regular hosts of our show, and I'm going to call them. I'm going to talk to them as I open their microphones. First, I'm going to open a microphone way out there in Texas. Tell me where you are in Texas, Captain Jim Harris. Well, Captain Jim Harris is in a place called Dripping Springs, Texas. And we really do have a spring here. Uh, way back when, when the settlers had gone west, they'd stop by the rest, take on water and food. And, yes, it's a, it's a nice little place. It's a, When I moved here, we had a red light and Mexican restaurant, a post office, and that was all I wanted. But we've been <laughs> discovered it's way too big. Okay. Well, it, it, yeah, as I read in the newspaper, it's way too hot right about now, too. Tell me what happened yeah, to you last it, week um, because you had a disaster last week. Oh, yeah, we've been 105. Let me see. Uh, at the moment, it's only a, a paltry 92 right now. Okay. Got a, it wasn't quite as hot yesterday, 94, but it's been up to 105, 6. And it's pretty darn, That's um doesn't make for doing much work of anything at all outside. And you told me that your air conditioner went out. Did you get it oh, fixed? Oh, yeah, it did, as a matter of fact. Yes, yes, that's right. Well, the good news is I got two air conditioners. It's a long house, and um, I got one air conditioner on one end and another on the other, and the one on the bedroom end is the one that quit working. Okay. So needless to say, I had a guy come over. He put me a new compressor, new evaporator, new thermostat, and all that stuff, and it uh, it works quite well. Okay, Jim Harris. Well, keep cool, my my friend, and I want to – I'll do my I'm best. Gonna... Okay, I'm going to go over to Georgia right about now because our next uh, host is Captain Jim Holder, who uh, comes uh, to us regularly over the years. And uh, hello, Captain Jim. Where are you, and what's your temperature, and what's going on in your backyard? Well, my backyard, my puppy dog I running around back there, my little miniature schnauzer at least you can't bite me when she's in the backyard and i'm up here on the radio so she's a trip and i'm in the big peach sometimes known as atlanta georgia and the temperature is in the mid 70s i'm sorry the mid 90s right now i was going to get in my uh, car and drive to atlanta yeah yeah (laughs) okay i got confused a little bit there (laughs) well have the birds left the nest in your back porch no 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 and they got it is so funny watching those two uh, sparrows, uh, some kind of sparrows. Uh, they watch each other, and they won't go feed unless they are both there with something in their beak. I don't, I don't understand the logic there, but I've watched them so many times, and they get call each other, and they finally organize and both get on the deck, and that's when they'll go <laughs> up and feed. They won't come by themselves one at a time. They got to do a duly. Oh, I don't okay. know, but uh, they got a reason for it. But uh, I'll sure be glad when those little babies get out of here. And my cat yeah. cannot go on the deck, and she hasn't been on yeah. the deck now for about six weeks. And <laughs> she is not happy. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay, well, let's see who's at area code 321. I'm going to open your microphone, and area code 321, tell us who you are and what's happening in your backyard. Hey, Raymond. This is Ray now. 
down here in Indian Harbor Beach in Indian Florida. Harbor Beach. Well, is that close to where on the east coast of Florida? Absolutely. Uh, between Cocoa Beach and Vero Beach. We're okay. a beachside community. And right. you know, we're lucky in our community. We are uh, debt-free. We're one of the few cities in Florida that is debt-free. Debt-free. Now, what does that mean? They pay <laughs> everything. They don't charge anything. They pay for it before oh. uh, they build it. Oh, cash and carry. Right. So there's no interest in our taxes wow. that we have to pay. So that makes a big Man. difference. Yeah, it that, sure does. That's a, that's a rarity. So you don't I have any... You don't have we a have debt tax. that you've accumulated. Yeah. That's absolutely. And that's been since the beginning. And I've known uh, four different uh, city managers. And they've all had the same philosophy. Okay. And, uh, so it's, it's well, unusual it's, on city in Florida. Well, as well known as you are, Raymond, now, uh, having worked with Eastern Airlines in that area over many, many years and uh, the hospitality industry, you ought to be on the Chamber of Commerce or either on the county commissioners or something. Have you ever done that? Well, I've been on a lot of different boards and chaired a few things like the uh, Tourist Development Council for the county and also uh-huh. on the Governor's Tourism Advisory Board uh, way, way back. Okay. So it's been interesting uh, to see uh, the changes in Florida. Yeah. Okay, well, our show today is, uh, for you guys, uh, is going to be just about anything we want to talk about, but I have a couple of subjects I want to cover, make sure. But before we do that, we've had some mail sent to us this past week, and I want to read you a couple of them. Uh, one is from Rick Brewer, Brewer B-R-E-W-E-R, Brewer. And uh, he writes, I still work for an airline and go to Atlanta often. I always walk the corridor between the Southwest ticket counter and the UAL, United Airlines ticket counter, and to see the Eastern Airline plaques and pictures. I always question that they have three pictures, a Boeing 727 and a Boeing 757, and I get that, but the DC-10 question mark that came on so late in the game they couldn't find a Boeing I mean a Lockheed L-1011 the L-1011 always says EAL to me the DC-10 not so much I appreciate the whole display and I'm not complaining I just wonder what the thought process was did we even fly the DC-10 in Atlanta now I'm going to address that to Captain Jim Holder because he had something to do with putting those plaques on that wall. Jim? Yes, and uh, I agree completely with what the caller is saying. And I don't, I'm not really sure. I know who came up with the picture. And and uh, and I, I'm not sure, but maybe he went out there and posted it because it was a shock to me when I went out there and saw it up there. And, uh, yes, Jerry Frost and I were the ones that did the research and did all the stuff to put that up there. And uh, we flew, we had two of them. They flew mainly Miami to London. I don't think they ever came to Atlanta. And uh, I, uh, I wish I could uh, – uh, I don't want to tell you who provided it, 
but he was a DC-10 captain. And okay. uh, I guess, you know, he paid for it. I'm not really sure that, 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 that was really a big surprise when I went out there and saw it. Well, and, you uh, know, Rick, if you're listening to our show, uh, I would suggest to Captain Holder and uh, Jerry Frost and those that had uh, everything to do with putting that in the Atlanta terminal, I'd leave well enough alone. Uh, because they can they can easily have it all taken and removed, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, let's just accept the DC ten. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what we did. Okay. But we only had two of them. And they flew Miami to London. Okay. And the guy that provided it was a DC ten captain. Well, you know, a seven forty seven would even look better there than the DC ten. I think ten eleven should have been there. I know it was. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's my next one that uh, she called or she sent me a post uh, because of our Monday night uh, broadcast. We titled "Memories of a Great Airline Eastern," as told by its people. And Irina, I think that's uh, right, I-R-I-N-A, Irina Anderson writes the following. That sounds absolutely fantastic. I think she was addressing the fact that I asked her to come on or send us a story or two. And she goes on to say, as a member of the Eastern family, I'm thrilled to hear about this radio show dedicated to preserving and sharing the memories of a great airline like Eastern. I can't wait to dive into the archived episodes and relive the incredible stories and experiences from the airline's history. Thank you for sharing the link, and I'll definitely tune in to the show, the new episodes, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It's wonderful to have a platform where the voices of those who made Eastern Airlines special and can be heard and celebrated. And... um, that's her comment about our show uh, on the uh, uh, Monday night at 8 p.m. Now, I want to put out a teaser that uh, my co-host for that show, uh, Harry Lindquist, suggested. And this is a short one. And this is from Jerry Frost. Captain Jerry Frost's wife sent me a little article that we put in the wings of many. And I'm going to play it, and this is what you will hear. Stories like this and much, much more. She titled this, The Captain and the Coffee. It's only about a minute and 20 seconds long. So listen to to Linda read what uh, uh, Marge Frost sent us. This is a story from The Wings of Many by Marge Frost called The Captain and His Coffee. In the mid-1970s, when my husband Jerry was a junior Eastern Airline captain, he tended to get trips that had him up and out of the house very early in the morning. One morning he had to rise and shine at 4.30, and upon emerging from his shower with his towel wrapped around him, he announced to me that he would like his coffee now. I politely told him that he was not God until he got on the airplane. He went into the kitchen, made his coffee, got dressed, and went off to fly his trip. Several months later, I had the privilege of riding along on a trip where Jerry was the captain. I had a comfortable first-class seat, got myself some warm smoked almonds, remember those, and a nice cocktail. 
About a half an hour into the flight, the handsome young flight engineer approached me, asking if I was Mrs. Frost. Well, yes, I am, I said, beaming with pride. He presented me with a small tray, which held a cup of coffee, a sugar packet, cream, and a spoon. And he smiled and said, I'm here to tell you that God wants his coffee now. That story held such happy memories for us. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. We got a lot of little quick ones that we insert, and most of them don't uh, go beyond about uh, 10, maximum 15 minutes. And and uh, we're having fun reading these stories that uh, we find in publications such as the Repartee magazine, the magazine for the retired Eastern pilots that Jim Holder was the editor for many years, uh, was responsible for, and I've what preceded uh, Jim at that job, and lots of good stories over the 40 years of uh, 50 years, I guess, uh, almost 50 years they made it uh, uh, of the organization, and the magazine uh, had stories, wonderful stories that we take and draw from, and we read them, and uh, uh, also we we take it from the Wings of Man, uh, which was a, a book, a coffee table book done by. Uh, Mr. Roland Moore, attorney for Eastern, and uh, and Vito Borelli, who was uh, uh, late, late he passed away a few years back, but he was the president of the Eastern Airlines Retiree Association, EARA. So, and then we, I, I put together a book called The Wings of Many, because I wanted to include uh, just about uh, all departments of Eastern Airlines. So, we draw from those, and we even have a book that we like to turn back the pages to 1927, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33, which were the years of the early formation of Eastern Airlines. Started out as Pitcairn Aviation, went to Eastern Air Transport, and then finally to Eastern Airlines. And so we draw these stories, and uh, they are really interesting stories. Um, I like the ones, especially back in the old mail wing days of Dick Merrill and Gene, uh, Gene uh uh, Brown, when they were the one and two on the seniority list, and they would fly their mail planes at night and see burning houses, and they would fly over the houses and alert the citizens their house was on fire, and stories like uh, John, Johnny Keitel, who landed on top of Stone Mountain of all places. Stone Mountain. Can you believe landing a mail plane on top of Stone Mountain? Well, he did. That was an Eastern pilot, an early Eastern pilot. So, uh, we like to tell these stories, so tune them in, uh, tune us in, and, and listen to these great stories. We've done, now, this coming Monday, we will have done 18 episodes, and I figured that out to be about 120 stories already we have uh, archived at uh, our servers, um, the blogtalkradio.com, Captain Eddie. So, anyhow, any comments there? I got. Uh, well, he must, must have had good brakes on that airplane to stop on to start. I mean, to stop on top of Stone Mountain. Absolutely, you know, he took the mail uh, bag off out of the airplane and walked down the mountain. I wonder if he met Mark Britt at the bottom of the mountain, Jim Holder. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he only that's, did it once. Yeah, I bet he. That's all. Yeah. And uh, back in those days, I don't think they had any carvings on the mountain back then. 
um, uh -huh. that they have today. I'm not certain when the carvings uh, started, but uh, Johnny Keitel certainly landed that airplane. And uh, unfortunately, Johnny was flying a, 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 C, a, a GB, a little small airplane, uh, uh, racing airplane, and, and he crashed and was killed in that airplane. So we have a lot of stories mm -hmm. that we like to share. And, and uh, I'm, I'm going to start now with uh, with my thoughts a couple of weeks ago when I saw on the Internet. And I want you guys to comment about uh, what you, Jim uh, Holder and Jim Harrison, you, Raymond, uh, because you worked, you worked uh, out at the airport in Melbourne for many, many years. And uh, what's your thoughts about what's going on with all of these cancellations of flights due to weather, W-E-A-T-H-E-R, which we abbreviate W-X. I like that abbreviation, W-X, <laughs> for weather. But I don't recall in my years of flying as a captain, uh, be before that as a first officer or a flight engineer, I didn't have any choice but as a captain that I delayed a flight but one time. And I can tell you about that one time because of weather. We took off almost as as a storm just moved across the airport. We were waiting to go, and off we went, and there's a line in front of us, and we pick our way through that line, and we go to our destination. That's what they paid us to do. Now, what do you guys think? Uh, uh, I, I, you know, hundreds of flights are being canceled because of bad weather. Well, that bad weather today probably was the same bad weather that we flew in back in the day. Wouldn't you agree, Jim Harris? Absolutely. <clears throat> I, I refer to these these pilots nowadays. I call them chimpanzee pilots because they operate the autopilot. And a chimpanzee <laughs> can do that as long as it's working. But when it quits working, it's when you really find out whether you know how to fly the airplane or not. Yeah. And, I'll, and I always enjoyed hand-flying an airplane because it was so much fun. Yeah, I, w I was yeah. a light airplane pilot. I got hired with 300 hours in the logbook. But if you can fly any one of them, you can fly any of them. They you just got more behind you. Yeah, I never That's was right. afraid of the weather, but you got to respect it. Yeah, yeah. And if you give me a good radar, and you can pick your way through just about anything. The good thing about a jet airplane, you can go over it, under it, around it. Don't cost you much time or money. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's that's yeah. what I always um, felt like, and I I, I never care for cancel a flight because of any kind of weather. You take yeah. enough fuel to get you go to your destination plus your alternate plus thirty minutes. If you got a little bit more, that's even better. Yeah, very true. How about you, Jim Holder? Were you scared well, of death? Uh, from what I understand, and I've been retired twenty six years. Uh, is that right? Yeah, 26 years. A lot of the problems they're having now are the computers are screwing up somehow, something. Or they got the wrong kind of radio. I don't know. It just seems like I don't know. I'm, I just don't know if it's the pilots as much as it is the system. And it took very little for the system to break down. Look at Southwest a couple of years ago. Or last year, I guess. I don't know. I think the pilots today have the ability to land uh, just as we did. And we did there toward the end. We uh, we had the airplanes that would land themselves. And the 727s and the 1011s. 
And uh, I don't I don't remember really saying that this weather caused me to not come in and land that airplane. Now, sometimes the airport was closed because of weather. But I think, uh, especially on the 727, the later models with auto land and all that kind of stuff, and we come right in and land when a lot yeah. of the airplanes didn't even have the ability to attempt to land. Yeah. So that's my thoughts. Well, you know, I, here's a headline from the paper this week, this past week, and it reads, Millions across the country are waking up to more severe weather. Tuesday, with hundreds of flights in and out of the East Coast canceled overnight after thunderstorms struck the region and a deadly heat wave smothered the South. <laughs> more than 750 flights within into and out of the U.S. were canceled as of early Tuesday morning with nearly 280 of those flights along uh, going into and out of Newark Liberty International Airport, according to Online Tracker. LaGuardia Airport had more than 115 cancellations, while John F. Kennedy International had more than 70 and Boston had nearly 60. So, you know, it, it talks about weather and heat. We had thunderstorms and heat back in the day that we flew airplanes. And I don't recall canceling 715 flights. I don't either. I don't either. How about you, Raymond? Well, you know, I'm looking back with, with the technology, how it's changed. And some, if it's not all done with one complete industry, not just part of the industry, I would think that would be a, uh, a hazard that they have to uh, consider. Um, from, uh, and, you know, with all the, uh, like the, uh, the changes that are going with AI now, you know, it, it's, I think the technology has been part of the uh, process of creating some of these problems. Yeah. Keeping up with it. And, and you know, with all these cancellations, the, the 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 big job falls on the shoulders of the schedulers. These guys that mm -hmm. are taking airplanes that are supposed to be at destinations to originate another flight to another destination, and they don't show up. So now, what do we do? Where do we get an airplane to take? You know, from point A to point. The scheduling must be horrendous. But. I guess, like you say, Raymond, maybe the technology and the computer takes over instead of the human beings worrying about uh, how to place these airplanes and pilots to cover trips. Well, you've got so many factors with TSA. You know, that at one time there was no TSA, per se. Yeah, yeah. And that has slowed the process down of boarding uh, an aircraft and people having to be there earlier and the log jam of traffic in and around the airport. Uh, you know, it's a multitude of factors, I think, that have changed the whole industry. And every one of them has affected it in different ways. And I'm sure that uh, one of the aviation schools, they could do a study on that, and I'm sure they would be able to really come up with some interesting uh, insight. Yeah. Okay, well, I... Uh congratulated my son's wife just the other day because she uh, was flying captain with SkyWest Airlines, covering four airlines, Alaska, United, Delta, and American flights with regional jets, 
and she was just hired by Southwest Airlines. And uh, so I told uh, I told my son that uh, she's uh, she's been moved down from God to St. Pete. St. Pete is sitting in the right seat, you know. It's going to be hard for her to be St. Pete when she used to be God. And that, like Marge Frost referred to Jerry, her husband, as God. You're not God in this house. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's real happy that she's uh, going with Southwest now. So maybe we can see more of them with passes and uh, coming our way. But it still it still amazes me. I I can only recall one time when I actually delayed a trip, and I saw on television in the Marriott waiting for three hours for a hurricane to pass over my destination uh, with the Miami Hurricanes. I saw the coach Jimmy Johnson on television complaining about the flight has been delayed, the charter flight that I was operating as captain has been delayed and because of weather. Well, it wasn't a weather. It was weather, but it was also called a hurricane weather. And uh, even though we had the hurricanes in the airplane uh, with Jimmy Johnson, because that's who we were flying up to Providence to face Boston College, which, by the way, that year they won the national championship, Miami did, but I delayed it for three hours. So because I was traveling faster than that hurricane, and I didn't want to meet it over Providence. So we delayed the flight for three hours. That's about the only time I can think of as a captain that I actually delayed a flight because of weather. Well, so we had gate hole back then. I don't know if they have gate yep. hole anymore or not, but I've said at Mobile, one time going to Cleveland on Christmas Eve, and we took about a two-and-a-half-hour gate hole because of snow and all that kind of stuff in Cleveland, the whole thing. And I told the passengers, would you rather be up there circling around, you know, bumpity bump, or sit here for two hours and then go up there and straight in and land it right down the minimum. Yeah. And Merry Christmas, we got you here, but we were two hours late. And we did it on the ground in Mobile. And that was a good that was a good plan. We did it a yeah. lot. Well, Jim, I recall you and uh, and I had the same experience. We almost ran out of gas because of not having enough fuel on board. I think you told your story a couple of times on the radio show. Don't let I me tell my... that again. Okay, I'm not going to let you, and I'm not going to tell mine again. <laughs> okay, I have told a hurricane story so many scared. times. I was scared, man. <laughs> yeah, I know it. When all those yellow lights or amber lights on that fuel panel showed up on touchdown on my airplane, I tell you, it was. I wondered whether I should call out the tug to pull us in on the taxi to the gate. But um, yeah, that's how close it came. But at any rate, yeah. the weather is uh, weather has been around. I guess ever since the Earth has been uh, going around the sun, and I hope the weather continues for a long, long time. And uh, because we, we've got to have some forms of weather, but uh, uh, I don't, I just uh, was curious about all these cancellations of airplanes and no, why, yes. why, why they, uh, I don't know whether the pilots, I haven't asked my daughter-in-law if she's uh, had been frightened yet because she hasn't that much experience in the airplane. Um, but at any rate, okay, that's the weather part of it. I'm going to talk about a different subject here, and I'm going to ask you guys why do airline pilots get good pay? 
I think I it's really off. pretty simple. Okay, go ahead, Jim Harris. I think it's really pretty simple because look at the responsibility that you have of all those people's lives in the airplane. I mean, of course, you always got your own. You, I would have just said, look, if it's an accident, I get there a millisecond sooner, sooner, so I'm going to try not to have one, and I'm not. Yeah. But it's a huge responsibility. You have got 150 probably minimum uh, pastures pending you not to kill them. Yeah. And that's pretty important. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about it, um, what's really what would really be expensive at that is all the litigation that would go on because of the the fatalities. Yeah, it'd be insurmountable. Yeah. Well, here's a here's one thought of one pilot. He says, at a glance, a pilot's job looks very easy. You get into the cockpit. Greet the passengers as they board your aircraft, then you take off, engage the autopilot, and snooze off before then. When you're about to land in your destination, at your destination, you announce what is the weather like on the ground, and as passengers disembark from the aircraft, you tell them to have a nice day, and that is it. Your day is over, and you're free to roam the streets of the city you just landed in. That sound familiar, guys? Who comes out with stuff? It sounds too simple, doesn't it? Well, here's yeah, the rest really of the story. Simple, you know, here's the rest of the maybe. story. That does indeed sound like a job that everyone could potentially do. Uh, that sh- should be read anyone, I, I would say. In addition to having a job that is very easy, airlines also pay pilots a big sum of money. However, is it really that easy like it sounds on paper, like we just read? Uh-uh. Might no. there be actually legitimate reasons why do airline, airlines pay pilots one of the biggest wages out there? There are reasons, quite a few actually, so let's dig deeper and find out why. And the first thing comes up is pilots' physical condition. Does anyone want to tell me what we have to go through as a pilot every year or every six months? Yeah, as a captain, you get a as yeah. a, a captain, you get a first class physical every six months, hooked yeah. up with electrocardiogram to Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, your job is on the line every six months as a captain every year as a first officer or second officer. That's right. Absolutely. It is right. Absolutely. Now, the next thing is long training periods to obtain a commercial pilot's license. Oh, we some of us really had to fight real hard and pay a lot of money and work overtime and whatever to pay for those flight lessons that we took uh, to get our uh, – our, I don't like to call it a license. They call them licenses. There's no such thing as a pilot's license. It's called a like lady better. It's a certificate, mm-hmm. and that's what it's. Yeah. It actually states that on the certificate you have in your wallet that you carry around mm-hmm. to show the FAA that you're legal to fly that airplane. And uh, so, yeah, we have to go through physicals, long training periods uh, to get our license, and then it's uh, on the line every year or six months, depending upon our physical. And pilot demand is high. Uh, 
there is a demand for pilots now. Is it as great as it used to be? I haven't followed whether the demand for pilots is great. I remember a couple of years ago they were talking about hundreds of thousands of pilots being needed, and flight. Yeah, I think it's still the same. About the same. I think it's still the same. Okay. All right. And uh, there's another one here. A pilot's license is expensive. Well, we've already talked about that. Well, it's not expensive if you go into the military and you get your your license or your your certificate through the military. Um, Jim Holder, you got yours through the, the Air Force, didn't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I was 62F, March 1961 to 62. That's when I was in pilot training. Okay, when you when you finished pilot training in the Air Force, were you given a uh, commercial license or certificate, rather, uh, or what type of certificate did they, the Air Force give you? Well, we had a green card and a white card, but I was uh, – actually, I was in the Mississippi Air National Guard. I wasn't in the okay. regular Air Force. I was trained in the regular Air Force, and then okay. I returned to my unit and flew, and I was flying heavy airplanes, constellations and all that. And so uh, that that enabled me uh, to get hired by Easton because Easton was flying Connie's, and the guy that interviewed me, you know who that is. We've talked about him. He was impressed yeah. by the fact that I was uh, flying Connie's in the military and hired me on the spot. I was shocked, shocked. But it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Jim Harris, uh, you had to come out of pocket to get your certificates, didn't you? I did. I bought all of my time. Yep. I got um, I got all of my flying in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, uh, locally. I'd get an hour or two every day. I'd try to get an hour or two every day. And uh, we had almost 4,000 feet of runway. And... Whenever I got hired with Eastern Airlines, I had 300 hours in the logbook. But I had a commercial rating and an instant rating and a college degree, and they were looking for warm bodies, and I was warm. So. <laughs> you were warm. Okay. And, well. and I, still, I still say one thing I like to say whenever I get a chance. The day I went to work with Eastern Airlines was the happiest day of my life because that was a job that I had wanted all of my life. Yeah. I knew yeah. what I wanted to do from when I was 11 or 12 years old. Okay. Yeah. And it was worth news. Good yeah. news is Jim Harris got to fly with Jim Holder an awful lot, and we really had a good we time did. flying together. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah, we, had a, we had a great time. I yeah. never, <laughs> many, I never many flew with times. either I don't think I ever flew with either one of you, especially Jim. I don't I don't even know what you look like. I've been asking you to send me a picture. <laughs> oh, he's a handsome Jim, well, I got a... <laughs> I got a lot of white hair, I think, just like you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what Raymond now looks like. He he looks like he ought to be on some professional basketball team. He used to. I don't know if you shriveled <laughs> up or not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bill, you know, it's interesting, you know, to hear the stories and all. The one thing I heard when I was with Eastern in Melbourne is the uh, space shuttle. Eastern was the official airline for uh, NASA, and they would bring out of um, Washington, D.C., down to Kennedy Space Center, uh, the VIPs. And I remember the first uh, trip down, it was, nobody knew what was going to happen. 
and uh, the captain, and I'm sorry, I can't remember his name for the sake of me, and I apologize on that. But they landed over at the Cape side, uh, uh, the Air Force uh, station there. Patrick? And uh-huh. on, no, not at Patrick, at the at Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. Okay. Uh, which is, and they call it the Skid Strip. And I, I told the captain, I said, you know, if this, this is the first, nobody knows what's going to happen. And I said, I know you're the captain, sir, but I just want to, I just can't help but tell you, keep your eyes and ears open because if they do not go, it's going to be a traffic jam that you cannot get out of. Well, lo and behold, it did not go. And what happened is NASA had to call the Air Force to bring in a helicopter to fly the crew because they were invited by uh, NASA to, with the VIPs to enjoy the uh, first launch. And so what they did, they had to fly the crew uh, from uh, Kennedy Space Center over to the Cape to pick the airplane up and then bring it back over to the shuttle landing facility to pick up all the VIPs. And uh, it, it was a story that I'll never forget and uh, in understanding how things can change in a moment's notice beyond anyone's control. But fortunately, everybody had uh, everything covered. Yeah. Well, you know, these are the stories, Raymond, that we like to tell on memories uh, of a great airline and stories like what you just what you just told us, and boy, I wish you could put that in words, and we can do it, and you can you can read it yourself on the recorder and send it to me, and we'll put it on the air on Monday night. That's the kind of stories we like to hear, because they haven't yeah. been heard before. You... Yeah, and, and I'm sure each of the sales managers with Easton have stories that have oh, not been told. Oh, golly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, another reason some good, that pilots some, bad, some indifferent. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, there are some other reasons that pilots are paid very good good pay, and one is lifestyle. Lifestyle. That's that's interesting. What do you mean lifestyle? Style. Well, you're you're gone two, three, four days at a time, or international flights. You're gone longer than that, so you're going to miss your kids, uh, you know, plays at school and recitals and what have you on the uh, with the family you're going to miss holidays christmas uh, um i hate to miss halloween but uh <laughs> but at any rate uh, junior pilots are going to miss a lot of special holidays that uh, we always like to be with family at that time of year so uh, lifestyle has a lot to do with the reason mental health hey there's another good one mental health you're supposed to be mentally sharp at all times, but we've had some pilots that actually broke down and uh, did some things that uh, caused them to be confined and incarcerated. We, we, uh, we're just like any other profession, uh, any other profession there, but uh, mental health. Uh, you would think that when you got on an airplane and the captain is waiting there at the door when you boarded, and you asked the captain how he felt, and he said, well, I'm having a hard day today, you know. My wife sent me a divorce papers, and my, my daughter is pregnant. My, my dog has got the mange, and, and uh, it's not going well for me today. I mean, 
<laughs> well, what would you do as a passenger if your if your pilot told you that? You'd probably turn around and walk away. <laughs> and then there's always the FAA. We call it aviation rules and the law. We have to abide by the law as a pilot. So therefore, you've got to know what the law leads, what you can do, when you can land, when you can't land, uh, and um, and uh, how long you can be on duty, how many hours can you fly. So you've got to know all of those. And of course, one of the main things that pilots are paid, what the old phrase is, there's 90%, 99% boredom and 1% stark terror. <laughs> And that's emergencies. And moments of stock terror. Yeah, and that's emergencies. Got to know how to take care of emergencies. And um, so uh, these are uh, because the cost of a wrong decision, uh, it, 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 it could be uh, detrimental to your day, I guess. But, <laughs> but there are lots we of reasons. Read about you. I refer to that as read about you in the paper. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, they read about you in the paper. Yeah, you're right. Well, anyhow, those are some of the things I wanted to talk about, and uh, we did talk about them, by the way, and uh, got pretty much everything I wanted to cover. You guys got anything coming up? I want to talk a little bit about July 4th. Uh, you know what birthday this is for the uh, for America? Oh yes. How many years Important have days. we been, How many how many years have we been a a nation? Anybody want to gather? Do some mental arithmetic. Two hundred. Two hundred. Two hundred and one. One deputy. Uh, probably twenty-two. <laughs> Get a calculator out, Jim Harris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I was one. <laughs> I think you would take 2023 and subtract 1776, and you would get 247 anniversaries of independence and freedom for America. And that's what's going to happen in three more days. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about your neighborhood where you live. But we're proud of our neighborhood because we've got a long entrance that comes back to our subdivision, which is gated. And all that beautiful drive underneath those, I call it a tree tunnel, we have American flags every 10 feet on both sides. That, uh, we, they, we stick up uh, on days like July 4th, Veterans Day, um, and uh, those, those patriotic days. We always put those flags up. And recently, I'm on the end of a cul-de-sac, end of a street, little circle there in the middle, and one of our neighbors puts the little American flags all around that circle, that cul-de-sac. Mm. Well, my that, flag is uh, 365 days a year, or is that right, 365? Well, whatever yeah. it is, it's up there and has yes. been up there for about 25 years. Wow. And a hurricane came through and actually was b blowing bending my flagpole and my son was there and he ran out there in the middle of the hurricane and grabbed that steel pole that was bending uh and unhooked the flag so it didn't come wow. and it hit the ground wow i was proud of him yeah yeah and ours is starting to shred now and our subdivision has special 
flag burning uh, days mm-hmm. of the year that yeah. we take our yeah. flags down and uh, they are burned. And uh, mm-hmm. but but it's uh, it's it's wonderful to see that display of that of that uh, symbol of independence and freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has been fought and lives given just for that flag. So, anyhow, what you're going to do? There's no uh, doubt. Huh? There's no doubt that the U.S. flag is the most beautiful flag in the world, too. Yep. Absolutely. It really is. I've got. Yep. I've got. I've just put a. I've got to just put an American flag on the antenna on my car. Yeah. So it it flies whenever I fly. And then I keep one on my in my in the cul-de-sac on my uh, mailbox post. Okay. I got a holder over there to put a flag on it, so it stays up there all the time. Very good. Well, it's a just a piece of cloth, but uh, those thirteen stripes and fifty stars mean so much, so much to it all does. of us that uh, we enjoy. So um, have a, a good uh, holiday, guys. And you got plans, uh, Jim Holder, for July 4th? Uh, not really. Just curious now. Okay. Watermelon? Watermelon. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we just bought one yesterday. <laughs> How about you, Raymond? Well, uh, the 3rd of July is my birthday, and I have a niece who is wow. born on the 4th of July. And uh, But we will, we have uh, the fireworks in the neighborhood. We don't have to go outside the neighborhood for any fireworks, <laughs> believe me. We live in the same neighborhood for 48 years, and it hasn't changed since we first got here. And wow. uh, so we have uh, a lot of celebration uh, right here yeah. and up right around the house. That's great. Yes, indeed. Yeah. How about you, Jim Harris? Well, Jim Harris is way proud to be an American. This is the best country in the world, and I'm happy to be a citizen of it. it it's a it's a great best Amen. best place in the world, and I'm way happy to be a be an American. Yeah. A lot yep. of people trying to get in here to be Americans. And, um, yeah, anyways. Well, uh, well you know, Eastern really helped, helped a lot with my family, giving us the travel to get, you know, off, off our boundary of our country to really appreciate it. And our kids and their now grandkids are traveling and appreciate exactly what you stated, how great a country we have. And uh, it's, travel is what is geared I think the education for the population to hopefully get appreciation for what this country has given yeah. to each of us. Right. Absolutely. Well, we do have listeners around the world. So uh, listeners around the world, yes, you in Croatia and Uzbekistan and, and uh, all the countries of China. We have listeners from China. Uh, we're very, very proud of our country, and I'm sure you're proud of yours, too. But uh, we have a, a day that comes up that's very special for every citizen of this country. And uh, we wish everybody could enjoy what we enjoy. And some of us take it for granted, but uh, there are those that do not take it for granted. 
and there are those that uh, give their lives to defend uh, the choice of uh, freedom and independence. So we thank all of our service people around the world, uh, wherever you are. Thank you and be safe. And um, that's about all I've got, uh, except to tell you that you're going to miss a good story if you don't tune in Monday night at 8 o'clock, because we're going to listen to uh, three three dogs and a cat. Is that right, Jim Holder? Is three cats and of? a dog. Three cats and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every one of them is true. Every one of them is true, I'll tell you. And I, and I didn't exaggerate. <laughs> three cats and a dog. Okay, very good. Well, we're going to hear that story, and we got some great stories. Just what's on tap right now, a touch of glamour. Uh, we have a story about uh, Jim Talton's wife, uh, Jim Talton, the Eastern captain, and uh, his wife. Uh, I knew him. Uh, yeah, Compass and the Clock, Part 2, which was by Bill Malone, Uh Eastern's Love Affair of Lockheed, that is another Bill Malone story, part two. Dick Merrill, part two of Dick Merrill, will be uh, told. And Pilots at the Pool, that's a good story by Alexa Conway. And Alexa wrote that story about uh, about pilots and the, the girls by the pool and, and the thoughts that went through their minds. So it's an interesting story. Oh. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> You've been there. <laughs> we oh, got yeah. a few things. I, uh, I, I, I'm not sure we're talking about too many guys and gals at the pool. Well, <laughs> some pools, like in Puerto Rico, we've been thrown out of the Caribbean, and they threw us out of that and said, don't ever come back again, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, and then we're fun. going to talk about the incident at New Orleans and uh, MSY, Morrison. There was an incident there back in the day of the DC-3s and Constellations, rather. And that's going to be a good story and airmail uh, all the way down from uh, New York to Florida. So we're going to talk about some good stuff here. And it usually runs about an hour. And we have some Eastern commercials thrown in between each of the stories. And we're getting popular now. It's, it's, it's really picking up uh, some great stories. So anyhow, with that, uh, we're going to say so long. Happy Fourth of July, America. And to you guys uh, uh, that uh, were with me today, Jim Holder, Jim Harris, and Raymond Now, thank you so much for being with us. Glad to be here. Hey, hey, it's, it's, uh, it's always fun and enjoyable and, and great. Yeah. So thank you for you know, what you do, Neil. Well, one, one of our Absolutely. writers said last week, it was she listened to it, and it was like sitting in the middle of a circle talking about Eastern. So that was a that was a... That was a good uh, comment. Okay, we're going to let Hop Harrigans fly us out of here. Hop, it's all yours. Feeling well, hunted, all clear. Okay, this is Hop Harrigans coming in. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one motor gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. What a show, what a fight. Yes, we really hit our target for tonight. How we sing as we limp through the air. 
Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord We're coming in on a wing and a prayer